Hi there, my name's Regina. I'm one of the pastors here at Providence, and it's so good to be with you. Today we pick up in John chapter 7, in verses 32 through 44. The word says, The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live, scattered among the Greeks, and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, you will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said he is the Messiah. And still others asked, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does not scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. So the Pharisees were a group of religious leaders, and these guys were super strict. They were the rule followers. They knew the Torah, the Jewish teachings front and back, and they stuck to each one. And so the Pharisees have been carefully observing Jesus. It didn't, it didn't matter how much good he did or what miracles he performed. They were going to call him out and find a way for him to get in trouble. To give you an idea, when I was little, we had this rule that you had to have a napkin in your lap before you could eat. If you were caught without one in your lap, you had to leave the table and go upstairs and count to 25 before you could eat your meal, which I know seems pretty traditional and hardcore, but it was growing up in my household. My parents were trying to teach us good table manners, but my sweet little brother would watch me and just wait for me to not put my napkin in my lap, just so he could yell out, Regina has to go count to 25. It was a really stupid rule, and I've been waiting 18 years to publicly say in the name of Jesus that it was a dumb rule. My brother was being a Pharisee. I told him that I was gonna be throwing shade at him in a sermon, and he gave me permission to do so. We love each other a lot, but here's the thing. Jesus was doing a lot that should have been watched closely. He's performing miracles. He's not just bending the social norms. He is breaking them and writing a whole new script. It stands to reason that there would be watching, questions, confusion. But the Pharisees and the Jewish people show us a whole lot of how we act when things get confusing around us. We're in a series on living a better story, and part of our story as humans is that it can get confusing. And sometimes when it gets confusing, it keeps getting even more confusing before it gets better. The last few years have been rather confusing to me, and it didn't just begin with the pandemic. There's been a lot that has happened in our world and in my own personal journey where I have stood back and said in my heart and out loud with my mouth, God, what on earth are you doing? This is confusing. I do not understand. I am angry and offended. Show me what you're doing here. This isn't how it was supposed to go. 
This wasn't my plan. Where's the justice? Who is going to pay for this? These are all the exact same things that the Pharisees are saying here in this scripture passage. And although I can't know this to be true, I feel like they were feeling confused. Confused at this person before them who didn't act like, talk like, look like what they expected. But the Pharisees are beginning to spin out of control a little bit. They're seeing things that they don't understand, and they're about to become pretty reactionary. Jesus tries to explain himself, but it isn't direct enough for them. They barely hear him and just continue to presume to know that Jesus is just up to no good. They are unwilling to hear a different narrative that Jesus is heaven sent and they potentially have it wrong. And we already know the end of the story. They plot to kill Jesus and they actually do. We're at the point in the story where they are beginning to unravel. When our stories get confusing, we tend to act a little crazy. We can be blinded by our own confusion. So here's a breakdown of a few things that in our imperfect humanness, we do when the story gets confusing. When the story gets confusing, we can start to panic. Has your life story ever felt out of control? Have you ever felt like life threw you such a curveball? It was almost as if you had nothing in your tool belt that prepared you for how you could move forward. When we haven't experienced something before, it can be really easy to feel panicked. When the story gets confusing, we want clear answers right away. Why did I lose that job? Why did my husband leave me? Why did my parent pass away unexpectedly? Why didn't I have a child? Why did I lose my child? Why do I have to move on from this relationship when I don't feel ready? Why is there a global pandemic? Why is there a war in Ukraine and innocent people are suffering? Why are people so politically divided? Why do I struggle with addiction? Why do bad things keep happening to me? When unexpected things in life happen, we want answers. We want to make sense of it all, which it's human nature to ask questions. It's one of the most beautiful things about our minds that we want to know more information. And although I think that it is important to ask questions, when the story gets confusing, sometimes our questions can lead us down a rabbit hole. They lead us further astray than providing clarity. Because also, when the story gets confusing, we want answers that agree with what we want. And this is a hard one. No one likes to be wrong. I don't like to be wrong. And in the midst of a confusing time, as our minds are trying to make sense of it all, we generally cling to our own understanding. So hearing another understanding is going to draw out of us some pushback. That's not true. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know the whole story. This is how it is, and you will never change my mind. If you're not for me, you're against me. You can't understand because you've never walked in my shoes. Because when the story gets confusing, we dig our heels in. I see this play out a lot in our culture right now. Jacob lifted it up last week. We get offended really easily these days. And if someone isn't for your stance, then they must be against you. The same is true when tough stuff plays out in our personal lives. We become like the Pharisees. It doesn't look like or sound like what I think, so it must be bad and you can't prove me wrong. Because also, when the story gets confusing, we get angry with anyone not on our side. We're a polarized group of people. We want to label each other to be black and white, this way or that way. You're over here in this corner, I'm over here in that corner, and there is no way that we might actually be hoping for the same thing. But 
What if Jesus is trying to offer the Pharisees and us something different? When the story gets confusing, what if there could be a different way? It's normal and natural to feel panicked when the story changes, either personally or in the world around us. But what if in the midst of an inevitably confusing journey, what if Jesus isn't actually the confusing one and Jesus is showing us the way forward? We can bend the rules. We can break social norms and do things differently than the world around us. We can create a different narrative than what you've got written in your rule book. We do not have to wear a napkin in our lap at dinner time. <laughs> so what does Jesus say to all their questions, to all their panic, to all their confusion? John 7, 37 and 38, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. In a loud voice over all the confusion and questioning, Jesus breaks through and declares that he is living water. So this is confusing, of course, because he's disrupted the festival, declaring that he is water. But in the story, what's perplexing to the people is that he's referencing words from the Old Testament where the coming of a Messiah was prophesied. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Anyone who believes in me will have my spirit flowing through them because I am the Messiah. Now, not everyone did, but some people realized who he was in that moment. Even the guards who the Pharisees had ordered to take Jesus could not because they saw something in him that was confusing. As they heard him, they went, wait, are you? Is he? I believe that they took a sip of living water and it changed them even ever so slightly. So how does living water change us? How does it transform our confusion? Jesus says the living water, the Holy Spirit will flow within us. In Isaiah, it says, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation, that the Messiah will pour out water on a thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. This is saying what once looked one way will look another. When I was growing up, my mom used to always say, our God is not a God of chaos and confusion, but of peace and restoration. She would say this when bad things happened to us personally and when tough things happened in the world. Now, Restoration isn't exactly the opposite of confusion. The opposite of confusion would be clarity, but we don't always get clarity when confusing things happen. But we can be assured of restoration. We can be assured God is in the business of bringing things back together. God is in the business of hydrating us, renewing us, giving us strength to keep going, giving us eyes to see things that we didn't see before, making things more clear, so what happens when we stop asking questions for a moment and just rest in what Jesus says right here in this story, I think everyone should have stopped in their tracks and not asked a single other question about who Jesus was and should have begun asking what else Jesus was going to do. A few months back, I was feeling a lot of confusion. I found myself feeling in that space of unraveling, reactionary, offended, confused, my mother passed away just a few weeks after my youngest, Eliza, was born, and between grief and stepping through postpartum, all after a few hard years serving amidst a pandemic, a lot was catching up with me. I was feeling not just toasty, I was feeling burned. 
God often speaks to me through dreams. And one night I had this dream and there were fires surrounding me everywhere. I wasn't being burned, but I was surrounded by very distinct, different groups of fires. I woke up knowing that it was a word from God, but I had no idea what the word was. I took the dream to my spiritual director, and if you haven't experienced spiritual direction at our church yet, you should connect with our pastor um, of care and spiritual formation, Pastor Betsy. In my time with spiritual direction, I was able to have someone to pray with me over this dream. And as we prayed, I uncovered that God was guiding me to name the fires that I was feeling around me, to name each space and place I felt confused or in turmoil. Some of the fires I had started, but some had been started by others or by other things. It was in naming them that I could begin to take small steps to put some of them out and to see things through a different lens. I began to invite living water over the places I felt consumed. I was asking so many questions, I was drowning out God's voice. Because when the story gets confusing, we have to stop and take a drink of Jesus. And I believe that when we stop and take a drink of Jesus' living water, it changes our confusion. It did for the people that we read about in Scripture. It has for me. But how might it change? How might we walk through our confusion in a way that is counter to how the world walks through confusion? When we drink living water, we will remain steadfast. The definition of steadfast says dutifully unwavering. What that means is, is that some days in our humanness, um, we may feel unsteady, but we commit to being assured that there's more than what our eyes can see today. When the big confusing things happen, no matter how many questions we ask, no answer is going to be enough. No answer was going to be enough for the Pharisees. No answer is ever going to be enough for me to understand the complexities of why bad things happen or why things happen that I don't like or don't look like I expect. Instead of panicking and spiraling out of control in all of the whys, hows, what ifs, what could be's, we can be steady. We can remain observant and watchful. So when we're steady, we'll be at peace. The fires can spark. The confusing things can be around us unanswered. And yet we stand firm in an understanding that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. When we're at peace, we're able to see more than our immediate reaction. We're able to see other things around us. Because when we know there's more around us, when we drink living water, we'll be present. Pharisees are too caught up in what they thought would be to recognize what is. And we do the same in our own lives. We're too caught up in our personal lives, dwelling on what we think it should have been, and too caught up in looking around the world at what we think should have gone on to just simply acknowledge that here's where we are. So where are we going? When we drink living water, we'll pour someone else a glass Rather than wanting to be right and wanting everyone to agree with our point of view, the only point of view that will matter is Jesus. When you drink his water, you want others' thirst to be quenched too. Figuratively, I want others to come to know Jesus. And also, I want to literally ensure others have water. As Christ followers, we don't just want to calm our own confusion. We want the confusion of others to be restored as well. We don't have time to be bickering amongst ourselves like the Pharisees did. They missed it. We miss it. A lot of confusing things are happening, and that confusion can distract us from the one 
thing, bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Because the one thing that's never confusing is that Jesus's water will restore and it has the power to create supernatural unity amongst its people if we will stop asking so many questions and wanting to be right and just serve like Jesus. We can look differently if we'll just pause and take a look at Jesus. He will lead us all to the water that leads to life. He told us how to do it, bind up the brokenhearted, feed his people, serve the orphan, the widow, the foreigner. He told us to take in living water and then go give living water to others. I want living water, streams that flow through me, joy that draws water from the well of salvation, water on a thirsty land and streams on dry ground. Away with Jesus may not always make sense to our human minds, but it will always restore it will be steadfast. It will bring peace. It will allow us to live fully in the moment, and we will want nothing more than to share it with the world. Let's pray. God, we live in a world that is confusing. Our stories can at times seem confusing, God, but we know that you will always give us spaces and places to rest in your living water. Allow that water to wash over us, O oh God. Give us minds ready to receive the restoration that you hope for us. Bind up our broken hearts. Bind up the brokenhearted around us and around our world. Thank you for Jesus who came to be living water amongst us. Give us eyes and ears and hearts and souls ready to receive him. It's in your son's holy name we pray. Amen.